And then we'll be in. We're ready? Let's do it. One of these weeks when I don't have a ton of stuff to do, I will record the voiceover for this. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be helpful. Yeah. I like that they make you wait for the drop. No instant gratification on this podcast. They wait one extra measure and it's good. It's good. Uh, welcome to The Other Ministers. It is the live stream in our church's Facebook page and the podcast where the other ministers in the church who are not the lead minister, the senior pastor, the preaching pastor, whatever you call that person, uh, we, get to get, we get to get together. We get to have a podcast and talk about stuff. We talk about life. We talk about what's happening in our church. And uh, we try to make it all kind of mean something for the week, have some some sort of application, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's too much pressure. Uh, regardless, <laughs> my name's Joe. Uh, I'm the uh, the worship pastor here at our church in Central Florida called the Foundry Church. Joining me, as always, our church's digital pastor and the voice of the Lakeland Magic, Hank Taylor. Good to be here. Good to be here always. Always love getting to sit down with you guys yeah. and just start the week off right. And the newest member of our team, our church's family life pastor, Hunter Mertz. That's me. Hunter, you had a great um, luncheon yesterday. Yeah, it was so fun to get to meet some of the families. Yeah, I popped in every once in a while just to sort of see. I liked that the kids like had wrote down questions and they had asked you yeah. stuff. That was, a lot that was of fun. questions about your physical prowess. Yeah, poking <laughs> fun, specifically poking fun at my physical do prowess. You, do you think so? It was all about you're. Are you as strong as my dad? Or that you're one, not as strong. That, that one was made me laugh. Was, 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 could, could you could you beat my dad in arm wrestling? Oh yeah, I heard that was, one. Uh, I heard was that one. one of the questions. And then one of Seth's kids asked, "Why aren't you as strong as my dad?" There's <laughs> <laughs> a that's big implication there. Well, and then somebody asked about, was it like how many push-ups can you do or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I still don't know uh, who that was. I'll still oh, challenge them. Yeah, that was anonymous. <laughs> um. It seems like maybe your next video to go out and, and found your family should just be like your workout routine or something. Just I so got to start know. a workout routine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Today was day one of kind of training for the 5K. Well, oh, nice. Yeah. I'm far behind. I tried to run a new way that Seth tried to teach me and it messed up my angles real bad. Oh, for like yeah. The best, better part of a week. So. Is he like a toe runner? Was well, that yeah, what he, was he transitioned from heel striking to more springing off of his feet. I think I just ran a little too far on like the, the okay. pads of my feet. I think I need to land a little more evenly. I think that when I run, I tend to land, I'm more mid-stride, but a little forward from that. I'm more like ball of the foot, uh, which yeah. is probably one of the reasons that running is terrible and I hate it. Yeah, I'm probably the same way. That, that type of running is great for short distances, which I grew up playing baseball. So at the most, uh, you know, if I if I was legging out an in the park homer, I'm going 360 feet. Yeah, you're just sprinting as fast as you can up on the the toes, but yeah. No. Um, anyways, did you ever get an in the park home run? Oh yeah, in little league, everybody does. I mean, it's it's it probably would strictly be scored a single and three errors, but yeah, yeah every, everybody yeah. gets in the park homers in little league. Little league kids can't throw or catch very consistently. So nice. You, you, you're trying to leg out a double and, uh, or you're, you, you know, you hit the ball to the shortstop and they throw it past the first baseman. So you run to second, 
they throw it the first baseman throws it past the second baseman you run to third and then make the turn and they throw home and the catcher misses the ball and you slide in in the you, park homer yeah in the Easy. park homer yeah um yeah lots of those i feel like at that age i never hit a home run over the fence in a game but i was the first kid on any of the teams i played on to hit one out in practice oh nice nice yeah. i never did either yeah it's a good feeling I hit a windshield. Terrible design at the park. <laughs> the park that I played at growing up. I was Panhandle Park. And Clay, shout out to Panhandle Park in Clayton County, Georgia. And uh, one of the fields that we practiced on was the right size for um, 9 and 10, that age group. Or maybe it was 11. I think it was 11 and 12 when I played there. Uh, or when I hit the home run. But right along uh, left field going into center field, there were parking spaces where it was literally like four feet of uh, grass and then the curb where oh, no. cars parked. It's they were just, I guess, banking on no kid ever hitting it, no right handed batter ever pulling the ball over the fence. <laughs> and I did in practice, and it was a very high home run. It wasn't even like a, a squeaker that just got over the fence, it was like very high and went 10 or 15 feet over the fence and just right down on the corner of a windshield. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. fun. That is, that is fun. Not the hitting the windshield part, but the over the fence part it was a lot of fun. Was, did, was there a consequence for that? Or is it just like, oh, sorry, I'm so great at hitting this baseball. Um, you should have parked somewhere there different. There was no consequence for me that I'm aware of. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have to believe it's an assumed risk of parking on the other side of a fence on a baseball yeah, field. Yeah, normally they yeah. have like the park at your own risk signs. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were signs. At the uh, at the Chipper Jones Little League Complex where I, where I played. Uh, He's from Florida. I forgot that. From DeLand, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. our Little League Complex is named after him. Yeah. Um, I think maybe he donated a lot of money to like keep sure. baseball alive. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, <coughs> they have similar similar layout there similar layout yeah people parking right by the fence mm -hmm. yeah a lot of a lot of times the way they'll build these parks they'll have four fields where home plate they'll, they'll have like a, a concession stand and maybe even in some places a tower where they can keep score and do announcing and stuff but it'll be right in the middle and four fields fan out one in each direction yep that's what we had i think it was maybe three but uh yeah three or four fields so when, when you have that kind of setup you almost have to do parking on on the on the fringes of that, which means every parking lot is on the far side of a fence. Everybody's you, at risk, and you're just assuming that nine year olds can't hit a ball over the fence, which is a pretty safe assumption until kids get to the age where they can. So, uh, which for me was eleven. I was eleven years old. I really wish I had ever hit one in a game. That would have just been amazing. But I never had anything but in the maybe would have changed the outcome, the tra the trajectory of your life, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, when I hit high school, I said, um, we, had a, we had a good baseball team at our high school, but it was just, it was common knowledge. If you didn't play summer baseball on the team that the high school coach coached over the summers, no chance you were starting for the team. You could be the, the best player in the school, but a hurdle you had to jump was playing for Coach John in the summers. And I was I was really into music, so I was like, well, that would mean having to miss marching band camp, which means not ever being any kind of leadership in marching band. That would mean missing church camp every year. It's like I'm not I'm not doing that. So made the choice, chose music over baseball. 
Music and Jesus. Music and Jesus over baseball. And interestingly, that's my life now. Music and Jesus and family. Looks like you made the right choice. I made the choice that led me to where I am. That's for sure. (laughs) Let's let's move on into our next segment. Because we're talking about baseball. That is going to be a factor in my... Tell me something good. time for Tell Me Something Good, where we take a few minutes and just share good things that are happening in our lives and uh, in the world around us. I'll go ahead and start, because I talked about baseball. Uh, We're coming down to the end of the regular season. The Braves are in good shape. Uh, We're two and a half games up on the Phillies. We're off tonight. We have a three-game series at home against the Phillies, uh, followed by a three-game series at home against the Mets, who have fallen off a cliff in the second half of the season. As, As is Mets fashion. Yeah. Well... It happens to everybody. The Braves were famously uh, had a terrible September collapse uh, several years back where we were leading the division at the start of September, ended up, I think we lost the division by seven games that year or something crazy. It was something insane. And the only thing that kept us from having the worst September collapse of all time in Major League Baseball was that Boston was half a game worse. They also had a terrible, terrible September collapse. So it can happen to anybody. But... um, yeah, the Braves looking good. We've uh, we've been better than Philadelphia at at home in Atlanta, and that's where this series is happening. And our magic number is down to five. So any combination of Braves wins and Phillies losses that equals five means we will eliminate them from the playoffs. That's great. It is great. I'm very excited. Um, it's been such an up and down year. Uh, the Braves at one point set a major league record for alternating wins and losses. I think it was 16 or 17 games in a row, alternate wins and losses. Uh, And that's just like a picture of the year. It took us five attempts to get above 500, going all the way back to opening day when we were zero and zero, never above 500 until after the all-star break. And they haven't been below 500 since then. What a ride. Yeah. It's been insane. We've had some key injuries. Um, we've got two, two of our best hitters out for the season. One is probably done in the major leagues because there's also a domestic abuse uh, uh, situation investigation going on there. And uh, they dropped the felony charges for that. So I don't know if that means good things or bad things for Marcelo Zuna. But uh, he's probably done in a Braves uniform, and he might be done in the majors altogether. But we've had some key pickups. We had such an amazing trade deadline this year. It's I don't know. I, I could talk all day about the Braves, but that's not what we're here for. Um, other good stuff, uh, man, it's been a, we, we are a tired family right now. This whole month has been crazy. Um, this past weekend, uh, was the fourth consecutive weekend where like, we just had stuff going all weekend and, uh, it was, uh, my wife's middle sister, Renee, uh, her wedding up in Jacksonville beach. And so we were up there and we had to drive separate cause I had to come back. Uh, Saturday to be here for church and then yesterday on her way home she Michelle picked up a, a like a food order at Walmart and then uh, was involved in a car accident oh, no. on the way home and so I had to run out and like change a tire in the middle of Mitchell Hammock Road um, so that we could get her car off the road and deal with stuff but the good news there is everybody was fine in the accident uh, the other driver was at fault uh, which is also good news for us because that means it's not going to hit us in the pocketbook. Um, but mostly just that everybody was fine and everyone's home. And both of our kids slept like 12 hours last night. Wow. Which is amazing. They're very tired. They were they were there in the in the car? They were in the car. 
Yeah, and Benjamin, you know, he's old enough to like, he hopped on his Kindle and kind of entertained himself for an hour while Michelle was talking with police and I was changing a tire and all that kind of stuff. Lucy was a bit more, um, she was a bit more vocal about wanting to be home, uh, which I don't, I don't blame her at all. But um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Wedding, everybody's home safe. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get to drive an awesome rental. Um, oh, nice. Or, and I say awesome rental, meaning any rental to me is awesome. It's just like you get Something to, new. You get yeah, to try out another up. car for a week or so while, while your car's being worked on. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to all that. It's good stuff. Do you know what you're going to get? No, we don't. I, I haven't spoken with anybody from insurance yet because it happened on a Sunday afternoon. So we, we oh, called yeah. our agent and left a message. And I, I may get a call at some point during the, uh, the recording today, and I may have to run out and deal with that. But I'll let you guys know. All right. Nothing yet. Well, that sounds good. Hank, tell me something good. What's good right now is that we have not dropped A-frame. Yes. So we are very stable. We're very stable. So We have added equipment to our setup that allows us to have a physical uh, connection to the internet and not rely on Wi-Fi. Thanks to uh, our tech guys in the sound booth in particular where I found this dongle. Oh, Um, sweet. Yeah. Nice. So we'll make sure it gets back there. Yes, we definitely need to. <laughs> they probably use that on Sundays. Well, yeah, I saw it there yesterday, and I was like, is that a Ethernet to USB-C dongle? And Alex was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, nice. I need one of those. <laughs> can we can we pause real quick and just tell me something good? Let's add that the word dongle exists. Dongle is such a fun it word. Is. word. It's a what a word. word. Yeah. Great word. I'm also maxed out on all four of my Thunderbolt ports. All four are hard at work in this setup we have got going on. But anyways, uh, let's see. Uh, we had, yeah, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Um, everything went pretty smooth. It's always good to have Mitchell back with us for uh, for a good old top five on Seize the Day. Those are always, those are always really fun. Um, he brings a lot of energy. He does bring a lot of energy. Yeah. He does bring a lot of energy. He had his traditional start that we're used to. Uh, hey! That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. And uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, always always good to have him back. He uh, And always, and it's very nice that he wants to be able to come back. Yeah. yeah. He's been participating with, uh, you know, with the band. He came, he came squeaking sometimes. in, though, at 940. So it was a little bit. Uh, well, I heard he, he was uh, preparing for a birthday. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Han- Hannah's birthday is tomorrow, I think, is what he was saying. But they're celebrating with their family over the weekend while everyone's available. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's see. Let's see what else. Basketball training camp's about to start up. Yeah. Is it looking like another uh, good year for Lakeland? Are they going to repeat? They, champions? They, they should bring back most of their key performers from what we saw in the bubble, which is good. Um, but as we talked about last during last season, that actually means nothing in basketball because any other team could right. say, "We want this guy for ten days." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. still boggles my mind. Do you understand like how contracts work in in the NBA in minor league basketball? <laughs> no, I it blew my mind when Hank was telling me this. But like the players who are employed by the Lakeland Magic, who are a part of the Orlando Magic organization, I'm used to baseball rules where if you play for the Gwinnett stripers which is the braves triple a team the only movement you're going to have is either to get bumped down to double a or called up to the majors in the braves organization hank was telling me a player on the lakeland magic can get a phone call from the The sacramento the sacramento Sacramento kings Kings. the la lakers to say we're going to pick you up for 10 days 
and then they pay ten days a ten day contract, and then at the end of that they can you said they can do you can re up a ten day for an additional ten days, which is what you see a lot of the times. But then after yeah. ten days, they have to either guarantee you the rest of the year or let you let you go back to wherever you came from. And Lakeland, Lakeland, Lakeland does not have veto power over that. Wow. Which is, that's that's the thing that really kills me. Lakeland does not have to agree. The player can literally just walk into the front office and go, I'm going out west for 10 days. It might be 20 days, and it might be the rest of the season. Peace out. And that player is not guaranteed a spot when they come back to Lakeland. Yeah, no. Lakeland so it's a doesn't huge have, risk to... It's a risk, but it's just so weird to me that the, the contract they have with Lakeland literally means nothing. The only ones that mean something are the two ways, of which there are two. Yeah. Those because those are you know directly transferable between what you're maybe more of what you're used to between yeah. or, Orlando and, and Lakeland yeah. and there's only two of those because those are also NBA roster spots too. Is that a G League thing that each G League team is allotted to two way contracts? Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. part of the calculus. So yeah, the NBA rosters roster. are 15, I think, plus the two two ways. Yeah. So 17, 17 man rosters. So the Orlando Magic could say. We like this guy enough. We want to hold on to him, give him a two-way, send him to send that, him to that. I think is the workaround. They okay. put like their highest, you know, the players that they're highest on in these two ways. Then if something happens in Orlando and somebody gets hurt or you know yeah. that moves on or gets traded or whatever, then they can say from our two-way spot, we're going to you know convert your two-way into a traditional contract and guarantee you for a year or two years. Then that leaves the two-way spot open where you can take somebody else and say. All right, well, you're going to go into this two-way spot, yeah. so you're more protected. Does the NBA expand their roster for the postseason the way that baseball does? Um, they have started now, I think, to include the two-ways. Okay. I think that was a change last year, maybe the year yeah. before. That makes sense. I, I love it when you, you do the September call-ups in baseball, mm -hmm. knowing that you know going into the postseason, you're going to have, like I think it's four or five extra roster spots. Yeah. That's good. So, it's so yeah, it's... it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. So looking at the Orlando training camp roster, um, a lot of a lot of familiar faces from last year's run. Um, our two our are we still have a we still have a two way spot pending. So you look at the Orlando training camp roster and know that one of those guys probably going to slot into the, our last two way spot. But our um, our two ways are really the only things that have changed. So we're we're having Ignis Bresdakis. Michigan man, shout oh, out to Mitchell. Oh, Iggy. Yeah, old Iggy. Ignis Bresdakis is our is our <laughs> first two way spot, and then the second one is still still pending. It's because one of the players who had our two way spot uh, was one of the two ways last year. Devin Kennedy uh, was the G League Finals MVP, and then went to Orlando and in, at, in like his sixth or seventh game, like totally like uh, Kevin Ware style, like destroyed his. Oh, leg gosh. in a very gruesome manner Ooh. so it's still on the it's still on still on the recovery for that so sure yeah i don't know if uh i think they would really like to have him back because he was a great fit but i just don't think that he will be be ready in time so hmm. that's tough but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens hunter tell me something good yeah well we already hit on the awesome welcome lunch uh, that i got to have with meeting a lot of the families uh, so loved that uh, also, Lowell and I borrowed my parents' kayaks um, and went down the little econ. Not so little these days. No, it is 
a little flooded right now and we got to kayak up and down a bridge like where you would how you would walk on the bridge yeah we i know what bridge you're talking that. about yeah that's uh it which, was just completely under well there's one that goes over the main part of the little econ mm-hmm. um and then right off of that so that was fl- not quite flooded completely over it was the water was right up to the was bottom that right where that. you put in um no it wasn't a it was a walking bridge a okay. hiking bridge not a car bridge where did you guys put in did you um, do it at the, four, the 419 419 yeah we went 419 okay. to snow hill so if you okay yeah yeah so that bridge probably about 30 minutes yeah that, shy of so snow from, hill. from that bridge it's like two miles down the trail to my house oh wow yeah well, yeah you, we we walk out to that bridge and fish sometimes you could have came packed with us well i didn't know i don't we have, have a kayak. to swim there's yeah. a <laughs> we came right down the bridge and I was like, please, please don't be an alligator right in the middle of this bridge because it will feel so trapped and I'm just will be gone. And there wasn't, luckily. But then I came out of the bridge and turned and there was almost immediately an alligator. And I said, okay, back on the bridge. We're just going to kayak backwards. So you guys were able to go under that bridge? No, we had to go around it. And oh, then there's okay. a second bridge right off of it. And that yeah. one was completely flooded. And yeah, yeah. we went down. Um it was wild. The, it was uh, the main bridge, right? Is, uh, the direction you were going, right after you passed that main bridge, when the water's low, there's like a sandy beach, mm-hmm. and uh, so a lot of people in that area will like ride horses and stuff out there. And so there's uh, half the time we go out there, there's somebody like letting their horse drink from the from the river. Is there a place to rent horses around there? Borrow horses? What's the correct term for that? I don't know. That actually is a really good question because Michelle has wanted to do horseback riding together as long as we've been married and we've never done it. That's I, really I know there's want a ton, to do one with Laurel, but. ton of horse trails out there, so there's got to be some yeah. sort of horse hookup. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, trails that are good for. I, I think most of the trails out there are actually meant for mountain biking. There's a lot of people who will park at the the parking lot next to the trailhead that's like next to our house, and. Um, especially when the weather's nice, like spring on a Saturday, that whole parking lot will be full with SUVs and pickup trucks and people pulling bikes off and and going out there and riding. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. The alligators out there. I know there's, there's a couple that your parents have named because they see them frequently enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The last time Will and I went, we saw the biggest one that they have, Fred, they've named and he's, He's a big boy. He's Fred the alligator. There. That's a good alligator name. Yeah, that is Fred the alligator. We have a, there's a giant turtle that lives in the retention pond next to my son's school, that Benjamin for some reason has named Mint. Mint. Mint the turtle. I like it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. We at the beginning of quarantine we put in or not put in we uh hiked out there for a while. We put in right at like the Bar Street tra- trailhead. Mm-hmm. Started there and just walked. I mean, we probably walked like ten miles. It was so like long because we went all the way out to, um, like, the like the main trail. I guess the one that would probably go out towards your house, Joe, and the river and stuff. I mean, we were out there for hours, but that was so fun. Like that was a good time. Yeah, one of my favorite days in the last couple of years. It was a Memorial Day, I think, and I talked to Michelle into coming to pick me up. And I, I walked out from our house and just fished all along the river from that bridge all the way down to where it crosses Snow Hill. Oh, yeah. And just walked and found places to, to toss in. It didn't catch anything, but it was like a seven-mile hike. What are the main... Fishing the whole way. It was great. What are the main fishes? Fish? 
that's the plural form what are the main fish in the little econ because one tried to kill me while we were kayaking this last time a fish did yeah he tried to flip me over no i got sure it was a fish or was it an alligator it was this big black thing Alligator was it long and long and skinny? It was long and pretty skinny. Like a gar, maybe. It's probably a gar. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah. a little too close to it when it surfaced, so I, I saw it jump, and I thought I was far enough away, and then I got a little closer, and it sensed me and went wild. Yeah. So there, there are alligator gar in that river. There are also Florida gar and short nose gar. Oh, maybe long nose gar. Weird looking things. Yeah. This well, the and they, they, uh, they will. On a very hot day, they'll come and sit at the surface and like sun sun themselves, just like an alligator will. And their snout, if you just see their snout, you could very much be forgiven for thinking it's an alligator, which is why they're yeah. named that. Yeah. But those fish can get over four feet long. Wow. And they're very strong fish. What what color is the body um, normally? Dark. Okay. Yeah. Dark. I mean, dark green. There's probably some brown in there. Underside's probably more white, like most okay. fish. Most fish are dual colored that way. Um, but yeah, in there, man, there's, um, there's probably not as much largemouth bass, but there's, there's smallmouth. There's a variety of catfish. Could also have been a big catfish. They sometimes it was something will come big up. and yeah. at least really dark, if not black. Yeah. My, my guess would be a gar based on the behavior, but there's, man, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. There's, um, there's like a freshwater, um, tilapia in the river that, I didn't know that you'll sometimes see. Freshwater uh, versions of tilapia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think tilapia is a freshwater fish. Now that I say freshwater tilapia, I think they're all. I think they might yeah, all be. I think you really? may be wrong about that. Yeah. But there's well, that uh, how little there's I know creek about fish. there's creek chubs there's drums there's a variety of sunfish. You got your bluegills and um, greenies. Your green sunfish. There's a lot of good stuff out there to catch. I'm sure the eleven this flooded. Maybe yeah, the flooding Until it goes down with, they get trapped. Yeah, with with the river as high as it is, the fishing as I'm sure is not great out there. But um, yeah, when the water goes down, so that that bridge that you and Laurel went under, uh, the main one. If you cross it, there's a little trail that goes off to the right, and there's a little spur of the river that kind of curls around. And if the water gets low enough, that becomes a pond, and everything that's in there is just trapped. And um, it's it's good fishing out there. Yeah, I like it. Uh, well, that don't have to do it for Tell Me Something Good because we're a bit over time. Uh, I just texted Seth. I don't know if he's going to join us or not, but let's move on. Ooh, I forget which one's my transition noise. There it is. Oh, good guess. It's the same color as the one next to it, which is just b- boo on me for doing that. Let's talk about yesterday. Let's talk about the sermon, the service, high points. Um, who wants to start? Man, what a great sermon that was. I can say yeah. that because Seth's not here. Uh, <laughs> no, that was real. He had this line, which was one of my favorite lines in it. It was as he was talking about the 99, well, 99.5% Samurai. And he had the sign of, in a sense, loving one another is loving oneself because Mm -hmm. of how similar we are. Um, And that just like that line specifically kind of hit me. And yeah, like I I love that ideal that Mm -hmm. uh, it just kind of creates this closeness uh, with one another of as, as I'm loving you, I'm loving, I'm learning how to love myself. And as I learn how to love myself, 
I'm learning how to love you as well. Uh, so I really think that did a really good job of tying a lot of his past sermons together uh, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. I love that video that he showed of the... Uh, the starlings. The starlings. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was like mind blown. And uh, thinking about just like, you know, when you are in this, you know, when you're in your own lane, you're operating by yourself, like you feel small. And even if you're a part of a community, you can feel like, oh, like, you know, I'm just one person in this, in you know, in this group. What impact do I have? But when you come together like in that unity and move together like that just you know you may not be able to see it from your limited perspective but you know from the outside looking in like you can create something really beautiful so yeah that was uh that was my big takeaway yeah for those of you who may not be up on our on our current sermon series here at the church um number one they're all available on our website you can you can catch up uh, but number two, uh, we're we're talking through this kind of paradigm that we that we use to to talk about our kind of key relationships with God, ourselves, uh, others around us, and then you know sort of all of creation. And um, this was uh, others part two this week. Uh, Telios part. Telios we ate eight. others part two. Others part two, bracket electric boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> was, I think, what I wrote on the board this week. Um, and uh, so Seth was just kind of get, talking through uh, more of the, 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 the week twos have been more practical sort of um, things to things to practice, things to focus on, that sort of thing. This one was less that way. I feel like it was more of a, here's, here's something to keep in mind. Like maybe that's the practice, you know, that for this time around is just to go, uh, don't forget that these things, you know, are true, that we're very similar genetically. Um, 99.5% similar was, you know, was the number that he talked about. Um, what, what jumped out at me was actually when he was talking about the lichens, um, towards the end of the message, uh, Seth, he talked about how you, for, for thousands of years, we looked at lichens and thought, oh, that's an organism that grows on trees. And then after we began to study it, there was one guy in particular who studied and realized this is actually, um, it's a fungus and I think it was a fungus and a bacteria that function together and they're still functionally separate, but they operate together as one organism that we call lichen. And then later on realized, oh, there's actually a strain of yeast. It's a single celled thing that's also there. It's different from the bacteria. It's also different from the fungus, but it makes this whole lichen thing. And there's these different types of lichens and all this. And then I think he actually even said now that we, we understand there's four organisms that make up most lichens. Um, and that actually made me think about our bodies, right? Because we have, um, obviously different types of cells within our bodies, we, you know, hair and skin and different cells that make up muscles and fat and uh, all this different type of stuff. Uh, but those things all have our DNA in them. But then there's also all the organisms that live in us and on us that do not share our DNA, right? There's a certain amount of bacteria in our digestive system that is like alien to us. It's not, it's not human, um, but it lives in us and we need it to function, right? We have to have certain bacteria in our, in our digestive system to be able to maintain digestive function. 
uh, which is really important to living, you know, to be able to process your food and, um, and, and uh, get energy from it. And so I just thought that was, I thought that was an interesting sort of parallel that came to mind that like even, even human bodies, we have bacteria that live on our skin that are important. And like, you can actually harm your overall health by sanitizing your hands too much. Yeah. You know, people yeah. who use sanitizer, like, 10, 12, 15 times a day are often less healthy overall. Um, and it's just a really interesting thought that like even in, and maybe that verges more into the creation thing that he'll talk about in the next couple of weeks, but even in, even in a single human body, there's all these other things that are necessary uh, to help like keep us alive even. Yeah, I was just watching, a, I think it was a TED talk talking about ourselves even on a cellular level of ourselves that is it the oh it's been so long since i've had science classes the mitochondria that has its own dna that's yes. separate from the, the powerhouse DNA. of the cell yes, yes. yes. Um, but yeah it has its own its own separate its own, genetics and so there's i don't know if it's just a th i don't know where it is in scientific theory um but that it used to be outside possibly used to be outside of the cell itself mm -hmm. uh, as its own cell and then got brought into what we now understand as the cell with the cell wall and that even within our bodies our own dna cells is that community of of multiple ones so even on like the internal level and then with all the bacteria that's on our skins and our guts etc yeah that that we are it, it ties out with what seth was was it just the sermon before with the atoms or was that a couple that we are i guess that might have been with god when we that yeah. we are created from the community of the trinity as mm -hmm. a community of i think that was others part Adam. one i think that was last week wasn't yeah it? i think so yeah um yeah i dig it and i honestly i mean those those are the sorts of things that um like hank you mentioned being being by yourself can make you feel very small and even sometimes being feeling alone in a larger group, you can still feel, you can feel isolated. You can feel yeah. small, um, you know, but that as, as a, as a thing to remember, um, it's weird. It's one of those things that kind of simultaneously makes, makes me feel small to go like, um, you know, me, me and every human I've ever interacted with every human who's ever been shared 99.5% of the same genetic makeup right like we're far more similar um and it's weird because in one sense that makes me feel small because i'm like oh it's you know I'm, I'm one of however many billion people who have ever lived on the earth um but then there's also that that element of it that makes you go well i'm connected to all those yeah. billions of people who have ever lived and that's 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 a different sort of feeling it's a different kind of small but it's also a different kind of not small not alone in a cool way yeah definitely yeah. definitely it uh yeah it, it's interesting like feeling small but also alone like that can feel like so different than feeling small but a part of you know a, a part of something bigger um because i think we'll always like feel a little small like that's just mm -hmm. you know that's part of just you know you have this perspective and as you know we grow and like understand more of the world see more of the world and you know connect with people like you realize how small that, that that you can be but i think it's what you do with that it's you say well I, i'm so small so i'm just going to 
stay in my smallness, like retreat into that feeling. And uh, what is it? What impact could I ever make? And versus, you know, I'm small, but if I, you know, can get into the right community, surround myself with the right people, you know, take that step, you know, be a part of something bigger than myself, then that's how you can sort of maximize, maximize that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's, let's ask the question after our transition music based on, based on what we're talking about. Like, what is the, what's the takeaway? What's the practice for this week? So what do you guys think? What is the, what's, what's one thing that if our church, if our listeners walked away going, here's, here's what I'm going to focus on this week. Here's what I'm going to be intentional about based on yesterday's message. What would that be? Just one thing. One key (laughs) thing and maybe several ancillary things. Yeah. Well, why I think about, and it's something I think that we try to remind our church of a lot especially when we meet is that and especially in this like you know in this covid season you know what's the phrase these unprecedented times that everybody says that we're in um there's this you know it can start to feel you can feel very isolated because our services don't look like they used to even as far as like the volume of people Mm -hmm. we were starting to get back to some of that but i don't think that we will ever see like the 200, 300, 400 people we saw on a Sunday morning, all back all at once. Um, Not for a long time. Not for a long time. So I think about digital ministry and what we're trying to do is we do things like, you know, seize, you know, seize the day. We do things like, you know, talk directly to our online audience. And some of that seems silly, but it's all reinforcing this idea that like, Hey, you're, you know, for those of you that are here, like, just know, like, you look around and you, you know, maybe we're small. We've got probably this many, if not more people out there that are a part of this too. Mm -hmm. And to say, you know, and we wanted to continue to be live streaming and show like our show, our Sunday morning process live to say to those people who are at home, like you maybe feel alone, stuck at home, like less, but like, we're still here doing this. Like our community is still, you know, rallying around this, whether they can be here, here physically or not, like that is still important. So I feel like that's something that we do, you know, as a, as a church is just to say, you know, it's just to try to always be making, making it about, you know, framing it to say, we're, you know, we're all a part of something bigger. It's not just one person. It's not just, you know, come in, listen, check that box, then on with your day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're all like, there's so many of us that are doing that. And I think to point to that as much as possible to say, you know, our community is big. Our community is, you know, pretty diverse. I would say our community is out there and whether or not you see them all the time, um, like they're like, they are there. So let's not forget like that. We're all a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a big focus for us just in church community, um, you could say so much more about like, you know, your like family community, friends community. Um, 
But I think for as far as church community goes, I feel like we do uh, uh, we we do a good job pointing back to, you know, our community as a whole, and mm-hmm. you know, calling attention to that. You want to hear something funny? This is a little bit off topic, but you'll appreciate this as the as the digital pastor. We've got a buddy who was uh, on staff at the campus I was at of of Seacoast yeah. like in South Carolina, and he, um, I, I think it was twenty. 2018 maybe or something like that maybe it's even before that he he took over as the campus pastor of one of the real small um, campuses it was actually a church that was dying and basically went to seacoast and was like we, let us be a campus you know and um, so he he was there and then I think it was right at the beginning of 2020 he also took over as seacoast's online pastor like Right before, right, yeah, <laughs> right before the pandemic, and everything went online only for a long time. And I, I remember texting him in like April or May of of twenty twenty, and just being like, "How you doing, man? You okay?" <laughs> <laughs> he was funny about. It. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, but there's so many. I mean, I feel like especially for. Um, people my age or so around there mm-hmm. like uh you know there's all these jokes and stuff about like you know um you've, i'm sure people have heard this like the greatest miracle of jesus's life was that he had you know 12 close friends into his 30s yeah. uh and so but mm-hmm. that's like you know rings so true like as you get out of like the out of school and like different like social structures where you have like friends baked in Mm-hmm. And, you know, you sort of inherit that like year to year and yeah. it, it makes it very easy once you sort of get out of that stage of your life and into like adulthood, like, you know, you work hard, you know, you have your family, but like, how do you like, what's the process for, for making those friends yeah. and even, and, you know, to, to remind yourself like in those moments, like, yeah, it can be hard to feel, it it can be easy to feel small. Like it can be easy to feel like, Oh my gosh, like I'm just like a cog in this machine, like going through life. I just go and work and you know, what do I do for fun? So it's, I feel like it's a, it's a message for a lot of people out there, maybe in that season of life too, who are just like, man, I just feel so alone. Like, Mm -hmm. and so to be able to find, you know, community wherever you can, you know, helps you maybe not feel small. Yeah. And you're, you're hitting on kind of my, my thoughts to coming out of this. And the, one of the things I'm interested in trying to figure out is what the long-term effects on how we understand our church community are going to be after pandemic. If it's, if it's ever over, (laughs) if there's not just another one that comes along right behind it. But, you know, for so long, church was, church community specifically was physical location based. I mean, before churches ever broadcast to a, to a local TV station or um, long, long before the internet and stuff, that, that was all we had. You, you know, to, to participate in a church meant, to participate in a church body meant being physically present with at least some part of that body. And, uh, and I think, you know, obviously, uh, the, the writers of, of the new Testament, the apostles who are, who are shaping the very early church had no conception 
of the digital age. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe they would have gone, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Let's, let's, let's embrace this. Let's, you know, let's, let's do this dual thing that all, you know, all of us are doing now. Um, but I, I just, I have to wonder if we're like, if we're going to find ourselves 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road and go, man, we really lost something. Um, when we started to be less physically present with each other. And I, I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch, you know, over, over the next little bit. And I think what, what is most important, what I, what I am positive, uh, the early church and the writers of the new Testament would say is that community with one another is not just beneficial to us, but it's vital to us. And it's vital to what the church is supposed to be, it's vital to like the, the, the community of believers was a part of kind of proclaiming the gospel because part of the gospel story is that these barriers of class, of gender, of race are broken down. And so having a house church in Rome that might meet in an artisan's house where you've got that artisan and their family and maybe some of their extended family. You might also have a paid servant of that artisan who attends the church. You might also have an unpaid slave of that artisan who attends that church. You may have other people from the community who are on a completely different socioeconomic level, but they're all attending this house church and worshiping together. Like that in and of itself is a proclamation of the gospel of saying these things don't matter anymore. And um, yeah, so I don't know, for me, like a, a practice maybe coming out of this week um, is to, to try to find ways to be more focused on community. And I think for me specifically, uh, one of the things I'm gonna try to do over the next couple of weeks is just to reach out to some people that I haven't talked to in a while. Maybe that I haven't seen because they haven't been here in person or that I haven't made the time to just have a conversation. I, I, I get into ruts where um, every time I talk with somebody on the worship team, it's about something worship team related. Uh, and so just to try to reach out and just go, we don't have to talk business, so to speak, at all. Let's just um, let's just talk. Yeah. Oh. And uh, and just just be people and be friends and be be co-laborers for Christ, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got me thinking about a couple of things, um, in what you were saying. Uh, and, and one of, one of the first things is, is how important the physicality is in the Christian faith of physically taking the sacraments, physically being, um, immersed uh, in the water, physically meeting with one another. And one of the things that I, I really appreciated that, um, Seth and you all did on Sunday was a song during communion because what we what we know is that as as a group of people come together to sing our breaths and our heart rate start synchronizing with one another and we experience this unity and this mm -hmm. immersive experience um, and so there is that sense of physicality that's so important um, but to also bring some scripture into like what what does it look like for us to expand that gap into the yeah. the internet uh, and wall obviously you yeah so like you said the writers of the new testament had no concept of of that they did have con some concept of connecting with each other over long distances 
that true. Paul yeah. continuously took gifts from other churches to other churches that were in need. Um, and he writes, uh, and this is, and I'm taking this, we're jumping into a context here where Paul is, is talking about uh, some consequences of some that someone did. Uh, but I want to look at how he addresses the Corinthians from such a distance. He says, even, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. And I have already passed judgment on the one who did this, just as if I were present. That Paul, Paul has this concept of through the spirit, he is connect. It's almost as if, or maybe even as if he is physically with that congregation, even though he's writing from such a long distance. And right. they're reading it days, yeah. maybe even weeks after he wrote it, that he's like, I, I am there with you. Present, you can feel my presence through the spirit that we are connected through the space in this time. And as we're looking at what digital life looks like in the church, that maybe we need to reconnect some to the spirit of how, how do we engage in the spirit so that we can feel connected to one another, even though we're not there. Uh, that maybe, maybe we can't just do it through the internet and Wi-Fi and waves that we have to connect to to the life of the spirit that, that connects uh, and unites us. I dig that. We're welcoming uh, our, our lead pastor, Seth. Oh, right hi. Now. Hi. How's it going? It's going okay. good. Yeah. Going good. We, we sort of have already talked through uh, the message. We're, we're into okay. the uh, so kind we of... We already figured everything out about it, so... You don't need me. Good. Well, no, no, no. We're, we're on kind of the, <laughs> the practical... Hear, did I hear Hunter say... The internet is the spirit. Is that what he just said? Okay, it's no, not no, no, no. I don't, I don't think internet. that's what he said. We're all connected via <laughs> the Wi-Fi spirits <laughs> in the interwebs. The the spirit we yeah. hire. Holy, <laughs> holy smokes! Uh, so what, what? What? You don't need me? Is what you said? No, no. Oh. We're we're sort of on the the practical takeaway, like things to keep in mind this week. I I had mentioned, for instance, like uh, the the. We, we've been talking a lot about community and connection and that sort of thing. And I know that one of the things that I don't do very well is maintaining connections and relationships with people that I don't physically see often. Yeah. Um, and so to, to, to consciously reach out to some of those people and just touch base. Yeah. And particularly with people that I, I'd mentioned like are, are part of our worship team. I don't always do a very good job just talking to them as people about life yeah. stuff. It's it's almost like, hey, how's it going? Are you available this week? Yeah. Kind of stuff. And and so yeah. to just have conversations where we just connect as people and not as yeah as a, a team leader and a volunteer. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a good one. I really envy the people that can keep up like their contacts or like their their phone contacts enough mm -hmm. that they could like that they have like all their dates, like all their birthdays and like have that stuff like show up and like, or like keep notes on, on, you know, these people just so that when yep. it's so that when you're in this place, like you can get into this rhythm of saying like, Oh, like I haven't talked to this person in a while. What is it that we talked about the last time that we talked or what is something that I know that they will appreciate or enjoy so that I can bring that to the table, like to start a conversation. Yeah. So not in a manipulative, not in a manipulative way, yeah. but just like people that are that like disciplined and regimented. Yeah, and I'm too. I'm just bad. I mean, but the the people that if you said name your best friends, half the people I would name are people I have not spoken to with my voice in a year. 
Yeah. And it's it's not that the friendship's not there. Some it's of just it is stage of life. Some of it yeah. is dudeness. Like yeah, I we're think, a bunch of dudes. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think guys like yeah, like that. Like I've been talking to talk to a good buddy in months or whatever, but it doesn't mean I'm like we're still like we're still bros. Like and I could call them in a second and be like, hey, I need help with something, and they'll help. Like yeah, I, it's just I think it's just different, and I think stage of life too. Like there's a, there's a guy I don't know. I'll be generic here. There was a guy that was, uh, I talked to the last time I like really <laughs> talked to him. He was, uh, starting cancer treatment. Well, and then, you know, I've seen him here and there, but not really had a chance to talk. And then I said to him the other day, like we were just talking finally had a minute and I go, did you ever find the doctor you were looking for? And he, he said, uh, he said, Oh, I, I went through treatments and it's all gone. And I was like, Holy, it's been that long since we talked. Like, I mean, and I've seen him like, and it's like, praise God. That's an awesome thing. I'm, I'm happy for him. But like, then I felt like a jerk. Like, well, you see this guy every day and, or not every day. You see this guy a couple Pretty times, often, yeah. a couple times a month that I see him face to face and just schedules and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, like, I'm, I'm glad it went that way instead of the other way or else I'd feel like an even bigger jerk for not being... <laughs> It's just, but it's hard, man. You get a couple kids and schedules and everything, and yeah. I agree, Seth. Kids ruin everything. Kids ruin everything. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So what else? <laughs> well, I was just going to say, any, any other thoughts? I mean, we're, we're about time to wrap up here. Any other thoughts on practical next steps, spiritual practice sorts of things? <clears throat> well, I think... From anybody, not just I think, from Seth. Okay. I mean, oh, you okay, too, okay, okay. you included, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Sorry. not you specifically. Sorry. That's what I mean. Uh, I think it's just been, it's been interesting to hear, like, cause I have had several people come up and go like, I'm really struggling with this, with the past couple of weeks messages. And at first I was like, Oh, did I say something that I, I didn't say anything offensive? Did I? I don't remember. And then they're like, like it, there's people in my life that are really hard to love and you're making me like have to like figure this out. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. Like, <laughs> but it's been like, like several different people. Like, I don't, I don't like what you're saying. Like, this is tough. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I, if I had like a clear answer, like how to do it, mm-hmm. I, w- I would have told you, but like everything's different. Unfortunately, it's messy. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's one of the things I used to say to students, uh, when I was doing student ministry was, you, you can look at the, the requirement, the things that are asked of us as believers and go, this is dead simple. Yeah. Like there's nothing to this. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. But then you get into the, the nitty gritty of it and you're like, well, Jesus said, love everybody. That's easy. Yeah. And then you go, oh, but <laughs> no, it's really miserably hard well, yeah. sometimes because, to because do that. Because we all have these lines, right? Like yeah. that we grew up with, with what's right and what's wrong. Some of it's religious, some of it's cultural, some of it's whatever. And then when there's somebody who doesn't fall within that, all of a sudden, like you can say, I love Jesus all the, like, yes, I'm going to love, love God, love people. But then when you're, uh, I was talking with a guy recently, when you're confronted with a Muslim at work who you don't see eye to eye and who you are, aren't, on like you are skeptical of this is an older person and they're like oh well a muslim automatically these red flags or triggers are start going up and then they start saying things about this muslim person i'm like yeah but 
you were also the same one telling me like, oh yeah, like we have to love more people better. But then, or then when, when, when they're confronted with a situation at work where coworker has like a homosexual relative, son, daughter, whatever. And they're like, but I just don't know how to, if I can like be okay with them when they come into the office. What? Like, how did you, so everybody's got these lines that they're like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can talk that until it's like actually a thing until it's a, a rubber meets oh, the I road can, kind of I moment. can love my neighbor as myself until they put the opposing political sign in their yard for mm-hmm. who I voted for and then all of a sudden I start having a lot of questions about their character their integrity who they are as people like yeah and for it's it's always it's easy to spout the religious rhetoric until it until it becomes an issue of politics, country, religion, and then all of a sudden those things I've noticed seem to be the higher priority than the thing that we're saying we're trying to cling to. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a whole a whole different discussion <laughs> topic for a different sermon series, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um but yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying. And it's again, I mean it's 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 dead simple yeah. until you try to do it. Yeah. It's oh what's what's the thing? It's um uh, it's not complicated, but it is extremely difficult. Yeah. You know, there's there's jobs that are like that where you're like, oh, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. And then you go to do it and you're like, oh, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and those tend to be the types of jobs where experience makes a huge difference. Like I'm thinking about builders yeah. in my head. I'm like, you, you, you lay out the steps of building a house. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's not that complicated. Yeah, I see. Anybody could do you this. You do this, then you do this. And then you go to do it yeah. and you're like, oh, I need a general contractor immediately. Yeah. Like I cannot do this on my own. Yeah, yeah experience is is huge. That we we actually have to to practice this. Like we can't expect to be able to push pack, past those red flags if we aren't practicing doing yeah. that. And I think practice in, in the sense that we mean like you practice a sport or you practice yeah. an instrument. It's not it's not just putting it into practice. Meaning, I believe this, and so I will go do it. It's, it's I'm putting this into practice, so I will go do it badly. And when I realize I'm doing it badly, I'll try to do it a little bit differently and do it better. Or, and I might make incremental steps over the course of my entire lifetime. And that's when we need to experience and understand grace, grace for ourselves and for others that I'm not going to get it perfectly the first time I do it. Agreed. Uh, and which is a hard mindset because I know I want, I'm one of those people that a lot of times wants to go and do something perfectly the first time. Um, and it, it's hard to remember, oh, this is complicated. This is hard. This is, I'm not going to get it right See, on the first time. And I that's need to also continue. why he's not actually a seven. Did you hear that line <laughs> you know about, I want to do things perfectly the first time? That's not a seven trait, by the way. What was your number two when you did that Enneagram test? Like We're talking about the Enneagram. something like that. I was pretty close to like seven and four, something like that. I can't remember. But mm. I'm, I'm. Don't four and seven connect? Seven. I don't think so. Well, that four, I'm, seven, I'm and pretty two were the ones too. There's no way. I'm, I'm calling like there. There's not a chance. Anyway, so sorry to side rail right there. I actually had. Something, we can talk enneagrams on, a, on another. I, I actually episode. had something insightful to say after something he said, but I, I lost it. I sidetracked myself. Send us an email at tom at thefoundryc.org. Yeah, and there's also that second <laughs> side of grace. That grace changes us. That grace isn't just the forgiveness aspect of I did something wrong and so I'm going to have grace 
so that maybe I can do it better next time, that the grace of God and the grace of the Spirit is also transformative grace, that grace is what also moves us and improves us. I know what I was going to say. So it's, is it possible that, so when we say we're trying to love our neighbors ourselves, when it comes to people with differences, it's like, I think maybe part of the difficulty that people have is because there it's almost like there's some underlying motive like i have to love them what why uh so they become like you so Mm -hmm. that they can see you're right like what is the goal and why can't i just unconditionally accept right yeah well we're the one building these barriers or parameters that says oh well until they see things the way I see, it's going to be difficult for me. Like, what what is the barrier that, that we are creating? Why is it so difficult just to go, I, like, I love you as you are? Like, mm-hmm. is it because, because we've been convinced that, like, our role is to save the world? So then I have to love in a way that has a particular result, which then dictates, is, is, becomes a condition for how much I will or won't love. Did that all make sense? Yeah, there's, I can't remember who says this, but there's yeah, a line that goes like, we I, have I a, just said it. We have a savior <laughs> who doesn't have a savior complex, or who uh, didn't yeah, have yeah. a savior complex. Yeah. Um, but as Christians, we so often step into a savior mentality and yeah. savior complex mentality um, that our savior never actually had. Yeah. Um, so we're what? modeling something of our own creation. One of the most transformative things that I ever heard was in preparation for a short-term mission trip. Um, the The guy who was like leading the training said, and I think he was, I think it was material that he had. So I, I don't know if I can give him credit for this original idea, but he said the the wrong the wrong thing to do going into a short-term mission trip is what most of us do, which is we we go with the mindset we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're going to be Jesus to these people. And he said the the better way to look at it is to treat them as if they were Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus says in that in that passage where he says, you know, on on the, this day of judgment, I'm going to split people out and say to these people, um, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You, w- when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no clothes, you gave me clothes. All that stuff. And they said, when, when did we, when did we feed you Jesus? And he says, well, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me. Mm-hmm. And that, that flipped the script in that group big time, because instead of going, we are representing Jesus to you, yeah. it became, mm-hmm. we are serving you as they if are, you were Jesus. They were representing Jesus to us. To yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and it's a, I mean, e- even thinking through it from a slightly different perspective and going, Okay, if you went to a third world country and saw Jesus starving, yeah. what would you do for Jesus starving in a third world country? You would feed Jesus. And what if it's pronounced Jesus? Would you still feed him? See, <laughs> see. Si. Si. Um, by the way, sevens in uh, growth work to become fives. Okay. And stress work to become ones and are part of the head triad. Mm. You're not a seven. <laughs> I'm I'm diving back into Enneagram stuff because I, I had myself convinced I was a six. Yeah. Um and then it came it came up, I guess when we were when 
we were going through the hiring process with Hunter. We started talking about it more. And I found the test that I took that's a very official whatever thing. And it said I was a nine. And I just remember immediately going, well, not, what, what is it? Six is under stress, move towards nine? Or? Uh, well, I was just looking at the one for seven. So I'm sorry, I thought you had around. a more, I thought you had a more complete diagram yeah. you were looking at. Yeah. That. Six to nine, nine and three. Yeah. Six goes, yeah, to nine and three. So six goes to nine under stress or under strength? I don't know. Ooh, let's, uh, because that's, that was my, that's yeah. always my thing about those types of tests yeah. is, if I'm having a bad day, yeah. maybe I showed up as a nine because I was having a bad day and I just wanted things to be peaceful around me. But maybe I'm actually a six. But maybe, uh, I, don't know, maybe I am a nine. Nine in growth, three in stress. Okay. Oh, so maybe I was having a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that back. <laughs> but, but if I'm a nine, maybe that's just where I'm at. And then the six, I don't know. Well, to tie this into uh, Tilios, my bad, Tilios series, depending on Talios. how you want to... Actually, it. the T is silent. It's Elios. Elios. <laughs> Nines become six when they're stressed, and the, threes in growth. The so. idea is, in the Enneagram, is wholeness. Is you're yeah. not just one number, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that you can transition and you can incorporate different aspects of the different numbers to well, become and, more whole and more complete. Well, but also the idea that all the personalities are important. So as a collective humanity. We need all. We need all the different personalities. We're, we're interdependent. And even though, like, almost like a, like a lichen. Almost like a lichen. Did I tell you what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could say his name, but it doesn't matter. Wes Wes Quinn said this to me. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just put him on blast if he's listening. Our friend whose initials are Wes Quinn. Oh yes, yeah. rhymes with Schmesh Spin. Um, so he he goes he goes when you he goes when you first said lichen. He goes, he, I mean, he was laughing at himself. So it was, he goes, I very confidently leaned over to my, his wife and said, he's talking about werewolves. <laughs> he, like, he said he was like super confident that that's where that was going. He goes, and then you held up some wood. <laughs> he's like, I felt him. Yeah. What was the Vin Diesel reference? Because he mentioned that too. And yeah. I, I missed it. I, I may have missed that about, part of the sermon. In yeah, the 99.5%. Uh, I got a few chuckles, that. but it wasn't anything major. So that's what I was like. That was a Fast and Furious reference. In case, like, uh, but I said something about I was I was using that stat in light of the common ancestry and common responsibility. And I said, and then start talking about how blood is thicker than water and that whole thing. And you know that mm -hmm. the idea is we're deeper connected, willing to you know serve more, whatever to pe people that are the same bloodline. But what this genetic similarity shows us is we kind of do all have the same bloodline and i said so maybe dominic toretto uh was right when he made his whole fa uh, his whole crime syndicate about family and then i paused and it was just like crickets oh. like <laughs> but i did have several people afterwards come out and go dude i got the fast and furious <laughs> reference like i, I had a I few people affirm me yeah funny. they just got it yeah well no they, they <laughs> that's hurtful they said they appreciated it have you seen those uh, videos floating around? I'll have to find a good example of it and send it to everybody. Of uh, probably on TikTok normally, but it's it's like a it's like a scene. Someone's getting robbed or something, and they're like, "Get down on the ground!" It's like, "Please don't hurt me! I have a family!" And then the robber turns into Dom Toretto. And it's like, "Did you say family?" <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, like I've seen, 
I felt like I've been seeing stuff like a, like a, a lot of memes recent. Three, three or four months ago, there were a was lot it, of yeah, memes. Of yeah. like, of when like the movie was probably, coming you out. You probably saw a bunch of, I don't know if you're still friend, Facebook friends with Tyler Thompson. Oh, yeah. But he yeah, posted yeah, nothing yeah, but he, those he did, he for probably like a, a month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, okay, that's funny. Like, But no, I think nobody like... By not saying, if I said Fast and Furious, they would know. But by saying his full name, mm-hmm. I think maybe like, and because it was like a serious moment and I have a bad yeah. habit of interjecting silliness in the seriousness. I don't know if that's a bad habit or not. Okay, good. Yeah. But well, it makes it hard to get a laugh when you're like, this is serious. This is serious. Here's a joke. This is serious. Like people are like thrown sideways by the, wait, did he just, was that a Fast and Furious reference? Okay. Yeah. Anyways, it's all good though. It's all good. Uh, anyways, we are uh, we're short on time because that segment went a little longer. I'm That's short okay on height. Um, don't forget you can uh, you can reach out to us. You can participate in the conversation either by jumping on our live stream in our Foundry Family Facebook group. Whenever we stream, we've been talking about maybe moving this to the afternoon. I yeah. feel like that one week we did that out of necessity. We had a lot more engagement. I, I want to take will... this one and maybe like Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon just re-air it, maybe. put it on as a premiere and just see what happens. So we're playing maybe. around with our times. Yeah. Uh, if there's a time when, when if you're listening to this later and there's a time when you would definitely be available to interact live in the live stream, let us know. We're, you know, we're not married to 1030 on Monday mornings. But you can also uh, email us at tom at thefoundryc.org. That's just the letters T-O-M at the foundry, the letter C, dot org. That's our email address that comes to each of us. Yeah. Or is it just still me and you? Do we need to add 100 of them? No, I, I think I'm in. Oh, sweet. I think, I think I did get you in, but I'll double check. And awesome, awesome. Uh, I was talking to Mason. He appreciated his uh, that we talked about his talked about his thing, and he uh, is looking forward to a conversation about that and would like to be a part of it if that is... Uh, if that's something that we can accommodate or he would want to do, he uh, he's about it. With our new device, we do have the ability, I believe through this exact existing connection from this pod track to your computer, I think if you pulled up Zoom uh, oh, yeah. on there, we mm-hmm. could pipe his audio into here. That's that's probably true. But it, he does live like five minutes from here, so I'm sure he could just like okay. come over. Well, I was thinking work schedule. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, we'd love to have he him He works here. from home, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know what they're up to over there. He could take an hour <laughs> off and uh, come over here and be here in person. Um, yeah, we'd love that. And honestly, like when I mean, we hit a little bit on that topic today, just in terms of how how technology and ministry and the church are interacting and will interact. And I, I'm very interested in the conversation of is this going to ultimately be a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Is this something we're doing out of necessity right now, but we should try to get back to something else? Or is this just the way things are and it's good and we shouldn't bring, I'm, I don't know. That's, that's a very interesting conversation to me. We have had no dropped frames this whole time. That's amazing. Physical connection for Physical the Physical connection made all the difference. Hey. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, Alex Johnson, for letting Physical us borrow Physical connection this. makes all the difference. Wow. We're full circle. We're, we're, <laughs> we're yeah. tying it all together. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, anything I missed? Anything we need to talk about? No, I think we plugged. Announce, we've had or... we had all of our plugs. Okay. Unless you want to plug any church specific things, we have a five k coming up. Well, that might be a good thing to actually plug because any listener anywhere could be a part of our. That's 5K, right. You can so. participate in the Better You Better World five k virtually. Uh, so even if you are, do you know 
does Anchor show where people are listening from? It does. I Do you do, know, like, um, what's the farthest away somebody's listened to our podcast? I'll have to go in there when I upload today's and look, but... It's probably um, like Ocala. Well, I don't even think it gets that granular. <laughs> I think it's just like United States. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, you we're can... getting close to a thousand, a thousand listens, though. Okay, which I awesome. think is great. Yeah, yeah. For forty-five episodes. Yeah, forty-five episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll look forward to a thousand. We'll look forward to seeing a bunch of you sign up for the Better You Better World five K. It's a great opportunity to make a better you by focusing on physical health. I, I think I, in a throwaway comment at the beginning of this podcast, mentioned today was day one of sort of uh, doing something to get ready for that. I, I'm not going to be able to run a 5K, I don't think, I any uh, kind of reasonable been, time. I've, I've decided virtual is going to be my way to go just to stand in solidarity with our online community. Sure. Um, but I've been doing it for the last couple of weeks, like really hitting it. I mean, I do the elliptical, which maybe feels like cheating, but... I mean, it's but a, it's also it's still very hard and difficult. Yeah. So yeah, I I felt a lot better about it when I did the same thing last year. I think it was Hannah and Jess because I had said like I'm doing the elliptical though, so I don't know if that's real. And they were like, No, that's like harder. And I was like, Oh, it's a different well, motion. Yeah, it's a very different. I was like, so walk. Well, I was like, All right, well, yeah. it's, if you're telling me it's hard and you guys do this for real, then I'm I'm taking now, it. Yeah, I I disagree with them on that. When I had a gym membership back in the day, oh, well. I I would go two or three miles on an elliptical, and would struggle to go a mile on a treadmill. Um, but and you know, again, I we established also earlier in this conversation, I run weird apparently. So, I don't know. I don't know. I I like the elliptical because I can ramp it up if mm -hmm. I want to ramp it up, but yeah. go slower if I need to go slower. Mm -hmm. And it's not where our treadmill is pretty locked in. Like you're going like three point or however, whatever mm -hmm. the measurement is. I don't know how they calculate that, but like you're kind of, you're set. Like you're either you're on or you're off. Oh yeah. Or you're yeah. flying off. Yeah. Back. Or you're flying off. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, better you better Anyways. world. <laughs> Opportunity to make a better you by focusing on physical health makes a better world because all the proceeds from registrations and all that kind of stuff are going to our missions partners in Haiti, uh, the Lincoln Hoker family. Do they have an organization name? Grace Malnutrition Center. Grace Malnutrition. That's yeah. right. Okay. Sorry, Lincoln Hokers. We just always talk about you around the office as we're going to send money to the Lincoln Hokers. Grace Malnutrition Center. I'm sure you can look that up. Yeah, and find some information about that on our if registration. If you want to verify that that's yeah. a good charity, if you're going to our to our app or our website to register, um, in the description there, yeah. you can find a link to their page and that talks a little bit about what they do. Sweet, so, it's awesome. So do that. Send us an email. Uh, download. Tell your friends. Like and subscribe. All that kind of stuff. Because um, that will also help more people see uh, what we're doing. What's happening. And um, yeah, for now, that will do it for this episode of The Other Ministers. I'm Joe. I'm Hank. I'm Hunter. And we'll be all up in your ear holes next time.